Blog Talk Radio.
Welcome to our Saturday Night Broadcast of Prayer International Radio. I'm Sean Holmberg, along with Paul Pintor, here for the next two hours of praise and worship, um, seeking the face of the Lord Jesus Christ, praying for whatever needs you have, um, whether it's healing or deliverance or salvation. Our call in number 619-638-8458. Um, you can always email us at prayerinternational at gmail.com and visit our website, which is prayerinternational.org. How you doing tonight, Paul? Hey, Paul, you there? Yes, I'm here. How's everything going over there? Going good. Okay, well, it looks like... Um, Chris probably won't be here tonight because uh, Tracy got um, a little bit hurt. She took a small fall, and so he's taking her to get some x-rays. Um, so we need to pray for that. Um, besides that, um, yeah, it's been an interesting day. Um, well, not really for me. It's been interesting just in general. Um, I actually got to spend the whole day not doing anything but cleaning, which was a really good thing for me. Um so, um, how do we start this tonight? Um, I have no idea. Got anything on your heart, Paul? Oh, uh, we can just um, start out with a corporate prayer, I guess, and then we can lift up our brother and sister um, in prayer. I wonder how she fell. I believe um, she was in a store and there was some hangers on the floor and she tripped on one of them. Um, And so Chris was actually taking her to get some x-rays and stuff. Um, But, you know, um, Chris mentioned it seems like every time they have, there's always, it seems like there's some spiritual breakthroughs happening um, or there's God's moving. There's always... The enemy always comes in to attack and to um, do things to change your um, outlook and to take to steal your joy, um, which is so, which is possible um, that that's what's happening. Because um, it seems like every time everything's going great, there's always something um, negative that the enemy always tries to throw in there. Um, but yeah, we can definitely um, pray for them. Um, so do you want to start or you want me to start? Yeah, I'll go ahead. All right. Well, Lord, hallelujah. <clears throat> well, Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God, that you give us this privilege and opportunity, Father God, to lift up the nations, to speak our words, Heavenly Father, out. We pray, Heavenly Father, that as we continue in your good works, Heavenly Father, that you anoint the words that you give us in our mind, that you anoint the words in our mouth, Heavenly Father, that you anoint the platform tonight and allow us, Heavenly Father, through your love, according to 1 Corinthians 13, to express the love of Jesus to the lost, to the sick, to those that need healing. 
that those Heavenly Father that need an emotional breakthrough, a financial breakthrough, Lord God, we thank you that you hold us in your loving hands. We thank you that you hold, that you hold your sweet daughter, Israel, Lord God, in your hands. As we lift him up in Israel, Jerusalem, tonight in prayer, your word says in Psalms 122.6, for the peace of Jerusalem, that we are to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, that they may prosper who love you. It says in Psalms 62.7, and give him no rest till he establishes until he makes Jerusalem a praise in the earth. Heavenly Father, according to your word, your word says that, Lord God, everything that you put your hand to through us, Heavenly Father, that it shall prosper. Heavenly Father, as we lift up the nations this evening in corporate prayer, Heavenly Father, we thank you, Father God, that for us, Heavenly Father, your word says that we will all prosper to love Jerusalem, Heavenly Father. It says that as we stand in the gap and pray, and that peace will be within the prosperity of our homes and our houses, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, as you give us this platform to pray, We pray, Father, that you wrap a hedge of protection, a Psalms 91 prayer around the nation's head concerning President Obama and the First Lady, the entire presidential cabinet members, our state house representatives, House of Congress, United States Supreme Court system, United States troops, law enforcement, state prison systems, all of our fire and rescue and paramedics, especially in this town and the surrounding towns and all of the rural communities, Heavenly Father, where we have volunteer fire services, all these men and women and their families, we lift them up to you, Heavenly Father all the emergency medical services. Lord God, we lift up the churches, Heavenly Father, the ministries within, the apostles, the pastors, the teachers, evangelists, the prophets, all the missionaries, Heavenly Father, that you have planted in all the nations across the globe. Heavenly Father, we ask and we thank you that you'll Pour out your spirit on the poor and the lost and all the families 
Lord God, we pray that you will pour out your spirit on all the denominations, the entire body of Christ. And we pray for unity in all denominations in the body of Christ. We pray for intercessory prayer to ignite, for revival to flourish throughout our country. In the name of Jesus, the Nazarene, amen. Amen. Well, amen. Amen. Um, well, uh, okay. So I'm just going to throw this out there um, real fast, and we'll keep praying because um, it feels like a good night to pray. Um, so I don't know how many of you out there actually watch the news, Paul. I don't know how much. I never really asked how much you watch the news. Um, but um, just in case any of you out there do, um, and you're turning on the news anytime this afternoon. Um, there was a singer in the United States um, who was rather famous, who was found dead tonight, um, named Whitney Houston. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of her, Paul. Yes. Um, nobody knows why she died, but... Um, and I would like to say that it's something that just happens, Um but, you know, we do this show every night, um, and we talk about salvation, and we talk about, um, I mean, how you never know when your last day is going to be here and which is which day is going to be your last. And, um, you know, we see these things on the news. People die all the time, and no one ever expects to die. No one ever expects that it's going to be their last day. Um, we go about our daily lives, and we get so caught up in whatever it is that's going on, whatever plans we have for our lives. Um and nobody ever really knows what when that time is, when you'll pass from this life and into the next and me standing in front of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And knowing that, we have to be ever more fervent and vigilant um, to make sure that um, our lives are lined up with the Word of God, that we're living according to the Word, that we're being obedient to the Holy Spirit and everything. Um, that we're constantly seeking his face um, And also being more, even more vigilant To reach the lost that are out there um, Because it's true, you never know um, It could be a neighbor, it could be a friend You never know who it could be It could be one of us Because um, you know the Bible says um, That our lives pretty much are like dust I mean one minute you're here And the next minute you're in eternity before the Lord And you never do know Um so, I mean, as always, we, Father, we, we, we want to lift up her family in prayer above all, Lord. We don't really care too much about what the media says, um, but she does have a family, and, Lord, we ask that you would comfort them right now, Lord. Father, for Chris and Tracy, Lord, <laughs> Lord, you're, you know what your word says. It says that a man will plan his ways, but the Lord directs his steps. Father... Chris and Tracy are, if anything, Lord, they're sincere and they're and they're humble and their desire to serve you, Father, and a desire to follow you, Lord. I have seen few men of faith and of humility as Chris, Lord. So, Lord, right now, Father, we ask that you would um, bless both of them, Father. Lord, your word declares that we would prosper even as our souls prosper, Lord. 
So, Lord, we pray a hedge of protection around Chris and Tracy right now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Father, um, for whatever injury um, Tracy may have sustained tonight, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, Father, according to your word, this is by your stripes we are healed, Lord. We ask for complete and total healing from the crown of her head to the soles of her feet, Father. Father, heal every neck injury in the name of Jesus, Father. We command every bone, every muscle to line up with the word of God in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Father, I ask that you would um, increase their wisdom and discernment, Father, in this season, Lord, that you would give them clear and concise direction, Father, in the way that you're calling them, Father, and the direction that you're having them move, Lord, that you would help them to be obedient, Father, and open to hear your voice, Lord, and give them boldness, Father, to follow your words, Lord. Father, for anybody out there who's listening to us tonight, Lord, Father, I pray that you would give them a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you, Lord. Father, that you would touch their hearts tonight, Father. You would open their spiritual eyes, Lord, open their spiritual ears so they could hear your voice, Father, so they could see your hand moving in their life, Lord. Father, for every nation across the globe, Jesus, you said that to lift up your eyes because the harvest is ripe, Father. And you say to pray the Lord of the harvest that he would send laborers into the fields. So, Jesus, we ask, even as now you're in heaven interceding for the believers, Lord, we ask, Father, that you would raise up intercessors, Lord. Raise up men and women and children, Father, to hear your voice, Lord, to cry out to you, Lord, to stand in the gap, Father to cry out on behalf of the nations and the kingdoms of this world, Lord. Father, raise up prophets to speak your word, Lord. Raise up evangelists to go into the nations, Father. Raise up missionaries, Lord. Raise up pastors and raise up teachers, Lord. Raise up a new generation of men and women and children, Father, who hear your voice, Lord, who seek your face, Father, who will boldly go into the world declaiming that Jesus Christ is Lord, Father. Raise up a generation with boldness and with fire, Lord, to go forth, Lord, and proclaim that your name is great, Father, to proclaim the salvation from the Lord Jesus Christ, Lord. Father, and we ask through your Holy Spirit that you would confirm your word with signs and wonders tonight, Lord, not only on this broadcast, Father, but throughout the nations, Father, for every underground church, Lord, that you would strengthen them, Father, with might through your spirit and their inner man's, Lord. Father, that you would give them a hedge of protection, Father. Grant them safety, Lord, in your name, Father. Give them divine give them divine opportunities, Father. Divine connections, Father. Lord, that those who are lost, Father, that you would put men and women in their path, Father, who know you, Lord, to speak into their lives, Lord, to proclaim to them the light of the gospel, Father, to proclaim to them the name of Jesus Christ, Father. Father, for anybody who's um, sick or has any sort of illness or disease, Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, Lord, we ask for complete and total healing over their bodies, Father, according to your word that says, by your stripes we are healed, Father, according to your word that says, if we ask anything according to your name, you will do it, Father. You said if we ask anything according to your will, you would do it, Father. You said that if we know that you hear us, we know we have the petitions that we ask of you, Father. So, Lord, we stand in agreement, Father, for your word declares if two or more of you are gathered together in your name that you're there in the mess, Lord. So, Father, we simply come in agreement with your word, Lord, believing that your word to be true, Lord, believing that you can finish everything that you started, Lord, 
that you will accomplish that which you started in our lives, Father, in the lives of every one of our listeners, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Well, Paul, um, we have um, at least one caller on the line, so I'm going to switch over and see what they're doing. Um, do you want to put, put some worship music on, or do you want to just keep going while I'm gone? Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. We will be right back. Our calling number is 619-638-8458. We're going to take a really, really quick break, and we will be right back. And all who are thirsty, and all who are weak, come to the fountain, and if you are
cries out too deep. We want nothing else. As deep cries out too deep. Sing, come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Come. You're all that we want. Come, Lord Jesus. Radio. Um, me, it's me, Sean, and Paul Pintor. His wife. I have, I've heard his wife Olivia there in the background. Um, our call-in number is six one nine six three eight eight four five eight. So um, here's what we're gonna do, Paul. You there? Yeah. You sound really far away in the background. Yeah, I went over. I got out of the green room and went in um, to the other room. I'm back. I think okay. I turned the heat up. Yeah, I know. Like my, I've had my heater on like nonstop because I woke up this morning and realized it was like 20 degrees outside, and I had no clue it was going to be that cold when I woke up. So, um, I was well, going to say. It gets warm there. Why? What's it up there? About two. It's really two degrees. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If it was if the, if it was two degrees, that that'd be my my like um my cue to move somewhere else. Um, I don't think I could ever take. Yeah, I, got, I don't think I would go for that. We got Holy Ghost fire here, bro. Amen to that. Um. Okay. So, so we prayed for Chris and Tracy. Um, and so here's what I want to do. I need you to pray, you and Olivia, since we're on air and everybody's live and we're all honest here, okay? So um, all of us, every, every pretty much every person here has some kind of issues. Everybody who's listening has some kind of an issues. And thank you, Jesus, that the Bible says we confess our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us for our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so here's the thing, Paul. You know, um, I think you and Olivia know that I've pretty much smoked for my entire life since I was a young kid, and um, which I think you knew that. Right. So I promised my family, um, by the grace of God, that on the 14th, which is, I guess it's this coming Tuesday, I'm pretty much going to quit by then. So... I actually set my date, and I'm going to trust the Lord, and I'm going to um, hopefully go on, and I may go on a fast. And so what I would like, if possible, if it's okay with you, is for you to pray, because I'm definitely going to need the strength of the Lord for this one. Because for all you out there, I've been smoking since I was probably like 15, 16, 17, and which has been – I don't even know how long that's been. It's been since I was in um, – I guess it was since 1990, 1996. So, um, so I'm definitely, for all you out there, I'm definitely going to need prayer because I'm definitely um, wanting to quit for good. Um, 
so. Wow, how old are you? I just turned 36 um, a month ago. Huh. Baby. And I know, Paul, that you just flat out quit. Um, you used to smoke, and then you just said one day I'm done, and you just quit. So, um, so yes, yeah, so I'm so for all you out there, I need prayer because I want to pretty much quit smoking, and I'm going to trust the Lord to actually remove all of the addiction, so I pretty much never want to smoke ever again. Amen. Well, the other Bible says that. When Jesus was crucified and resurrected from the dead, when they crucified him, that all our sins were as white as snow. And, you know, um, everybody, every family has a cross to bear, um, regardless. I mean, I'm just floored. To hear about Whitney Houston because in 1992, 93, 94, and 95, I was living in Jacksonville, Florida, and Savannah, Georgia, when we owned some glamour shots, high fashion photography studios. And in both stores, in both malls, in Regency Square Mall and Oglethorpe Mall in Savannah, um, the makeup artists always played. Whitney Houston's music loud and um, both towns um, we had a high population of black females and it would draw them to the store because everyone loved Whitney Houston everyone loves her um, and I'm just you know uh, wow I, I just can't believe that what you're telling me we don't watch the news. Um, I don't know why we don't, but uh, we just don't. Um, nothing exciting. Every time you turn it on, you know, there's a bunch of dirty laundry, you know. And I don't know. We just, uh, once we started serving the Lord, you know, uh, I told God that I wasn't going to give up my Auburn brothers and the Eagles and, you know, uh, Leonard Skinner and ZZ Top and the people that we listened to, that if we did, he was going to have to give me some good worship. And directly after that, uh, we started going over to see Steve Solomon at the Riverwalk in, in uh, Halton City. And, uh, those guys over there, their worship team was so awesome. I just was amazed that there were Christian men and women that could play Christian music like that. Uh, and then next thing you know, um, we got a hold of some Todd Bentley and, you know, Kim Walker. And, you know, Christopher was feeding me music all the time. Um I don't know if you know who Darlene Bishop is, no. but her son, her son Lawrence Bishop, um, when we was doing prison ministry with Mike Barber, prison ministries, um, 
I was doing prison ministry with Mike Barber and Bill Glass both in Dallas. And I would encourage anyone to do it. Uh, you know, uh, Mike Barber does the tents. And um, Bill Glass, they have all the NASCAR and all kinds of stunts. And, you know, both of them serve their purposes. And uh, we was out at Hutchins State Jail in uh, Dallas County, and Lawrence Bishop came out there. And I had to sing you some music or um you need to download some music of his because, I mean, you talk about, I mean, awesome. But anyway, I'm just, you know, I'm I'm really hurt that that happened to whatever has happened to Whitney. Uh, I definitely want to pray for her tonight. Um, it's a shame that there wasn't somebody there, Holy Ghost filled, that had the gift to raise someone from the dead. Um, but... Anyway, well, uh, just put your hand on your neck. Heavenly Father, as we pray for your son, Sean, Heavenly Father, we come to you, Father, boldly to the throne of grace. Due to your shed blood, Heavenly Father, that was shed at the cross. Sean can walk in victory, Heavenly Father. Lord God, as we pray for your brother, we come to you, Heavenly Father, humble. That anything we ask you, Heavenly Father, your word says in John 14, 14, that you will do it. Lord God, we bind and we curse the spirit of nicotine. We bind and we curse the spirit, all the infirmity, Heavenly Father, the desire. As we lift the taste buds up to you, Jesus, we pray, Heavenly Father, that you will pour out your spirit, that we cover his tongue in the blood of Jesus. Heavenly Father, that in no form, fashion, or matter, Heavenly Father, will he nor his heart desire nicotine in the name of Jesus. Now, Sean. Yes, sir. Say, dear Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. I thank you for your son. I thank you for your son. Or, or. Or, or, Lord God, I thank you for your son, Jesus. Excuse me. Lord God, I thank you for your son, Jesus. I thank you that he died on the cross. I thank you that he died on the cross. For all of our sins. For all of our sins. Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. I pray. I pray. As a child of the Most High God, as a child of the Most High God, that you will pour out your spirit, that you will pour out your spirit, and free me, and free me, 
of the spirit of nicotine. Of the spirit of, and free me of the spirit of nicotine. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And we give you, Lord God. And we give you, Lord God. All the glory. All the glory. And we give you, Lord God, all the glory. And we give you, Lord God, all the glory. Amen. 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 Now, you know, um, on July the 18th, I was at Pastor Bob and Joy Nichols Church in Fort Worth, Texas. And Christopher had called me from Connecticut and told me that there was a guy named Rodney Howard Brown out there. <laughs> I remember him, yes. Um, you know, Christopher and then went to a little old one-horse church in a one-horse town where his mom and daddy lived. And there was some evangelist visiting that town. And... But Christopher went in there and he saw the table set out with all their literature and books and CDs. And he peeked up underneath there and it said, um, Rodney Howard Brown, Doctors Rodney and Howard Brown. And they happened to be up there with the Great Awakening Tour. And Christopher and them got involved and he was, they was going into nursing homes. You know, they have parking lot, you know, shopping malls, um, getting on the buses and the transit, you name it. Um, and Christopher said when they was going into nursing homes, it was very dark and gloomy when they went in there. But after they went in there praying in all the rooms, people were coming out of their rooms. And he said when they left, it was noisy because of the Spirit of God. At that time, I never had led anyone to the Lord. Um, in fact, I think we'd only led one. We led a gentleman out by our house in Farmersville, um, Brandon Brock in Maine. And I remember us thinking, man, it's going to take a long time to get a lot of people led to the Lord. But right after that, Christopher had me go out there to Rodney Howard Brown, man, uh, I never let anyone to the Lord and the, the the people that were coding the class with all the harvesters, they told all the harvesters, look, we know all you guys are, are well equipped and all, but we want you to put all the knowledge you have down for one week and you're going to do it the way Rodney Howard Brown is telling you to do it because this is what God um downloaded to him when they was up in New York. They was paying $80,000 a day to be up there in the gardens. Uh, I never can remember the name of the Coliseum. Uh, big place up there in New York. Um, and they weren't getting the results they wanted. And God downloaded the Rodney Howard Brown all the information, all the DVDs, you know, has anyone ever told you that God loves you and has a great plan for your life? I got one sitting right here, the gospel, so went in script. And 
So I didn't know anything, so it didn't bother me, but you can tell a lot of the people in there, they didn't want to listen, you know. Um, but anyway, long story short, we went out, and uh, I went to the nursing home first because I never let anyone to the Lord. So I figured if I talked to somebody that was in their bed and I made a mistake, it didn't matter, you know. And I got it somewhere around here. I have a Bible. Um, here it is. Um, full of testimonies. And uh see here. We went into the nursing home. Over off of north side in downtown, uh, north of uh, downtown Fort Worth. Um, here on 716, they had me, for whatever reason, they thought I was bold, and they had me talking to a guy named Robert. Um, my team leader's name was Gene. Robert was very vulgar. Says here, had me pray instead of her and your bond. He wanted to grab their crosses and butt, it says, lady from Cuba, Vivian. So I prayed for him uh, at River Oaks Nursing Home. I began, it says right here is my next testimony on 716. Um, at River Oaks Nursing Home, I began to pray for Curtis, who had had a stroke. Um they take me into the cafeteria, and there's about 70 people. And this old man was sitting there, and he was slobbering in his wheelchair and had his plate lunch on his table. And uh, they teach us that if somebody's not responding, then you hold their hand, and you ask them, squeeze my hand, because they didn't want anyone just putting a mark for a salvation if it wasn't a salvation. It wasn't about numbers. It's about leading people to God. Right. And my song goal for that day was 40. And the number of people that said yes to the Lord was 64. <laughs> like, okay. Wow. I, I'm looking at my little car here. But I started asking Curtis. I said, Curtis? I said, has anyone ever told you God loves you and has a great plan for your life? And Curtis was just looking at me. And uh, um, I looked at Curtis, and I could tell Curtis was intense. So I grabbed Curtis's hand. I said, look, Curtis. Um, when I asked him, I said, Curtis, has anybody ever told you God loves you and has a great plan for your life? This black lady that worked for the nursing home in there. She said, sir, he hadn't talked in 10 years. And um, I didn't like it. I was young in the Lord. You know, I came out in the flesh, and I told her just bully, well, he's going to talk today. You know what I mean? And right. I can't, I, I, I was going through my script. You know, Curtis wasn't responding, but he was looking at me intense. Like, I took his food from him. 
And when I got done praying for him, because I knew in my spirit that he was listening to me. And when I got done, he said, I love you. <laughs> uh, everyone in that cafeteria got up and just started shouting, man. Uh, I didn't know what to think, you know. Um, and so the next day or that night, uh, let's see, that was probably on Wednesday night, but by the time Friday came, on the 18th, we started on the 14th, and on Friday, they pulled me and my wife up to the front, and um, uh, right in front of Rodney Howard Brown, he kept staring at me and my wife, and you know, he's got the spirit of joy and laughter, right? Right. Um, you can explain it to everybody, you can testify to everybody about it, until you get in front of Rodney Howard Brown, and he looks at you, and you're looking at him, and all of a sudden that spirit of joy jumps on you, you know. And he, of course, he had all, you know, several thousand people, about probably 6,500 people there laughing, you know. Um, the Holy Ghost did. But long story short, he laid hands on me that night. I was telling him about my friend, how I found out about him, who was in Connecticut. And I said, he prays in the Holy Ghost. I said, he, he sounds like a diesel engine running. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because if you've ever been around Christopher when he's praying in the spirit, you know, uh, he's just going along. And they were dying laughing. And I was telling them my testimony. And Ronnie Howard Brown said, turn around. He looked at me. Boom! He hit me and I fell on the floor. Well, the next morning I woke up and I wasn't supposed to be driving. And they made me a team leader, you know, because I didn't have a driver's license. You know, I was going through a bunch of issues because of uh, my driving, my disobedience. And that morning, I didn't realize it. Oh, well, that morning, 6.30 in the morning, the Holy Ghost woke me up and told me to go listen to this CD that Christopher and Tracy had given me called The City. Right. And the the second song on that CD was The City by Todd Bentley. And if you've ever listened to it, it has kind of like a rap composure to it. You know, and every time you get to that song, I'd always go to the next song about the flowers, how they come out and they, they open up to the Lord every day. Right. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Um, you have it. I'm sure Chris is giving you the same CD. But um, anyway, uh Every time it got to that Todd Bentley song, The City, I would always skip it because, you know, it, it just, I, yeah, I'm, all, I'm, I'm at an age that when rap moved in, I was already past it. And um, the Holy Ghost told me to get up that morning at my mother-in-law's house when I got up. He told me to go listen to that second track on that CD, and I did on my father-in-law's Bose um, CD player. And if you're familiar with the song, the CD, they're talking about going in the parking lots and malls and shopping malls, leading people to the Lord. Are you familiar with it? Yes. Okay. And that's exactly what we were doing. I couldn't believe it. Um, 
I went I went that morning to uh uh Calvary Cathedral where everybody was gathering and in the meeting before we left I was showing I can't remember the guy's name and his wife. She's try she's just gorgeous. They're uh pastors with uh um Rodney Howard Brown. And right. We all listened to that C D. Long story short, when Rodney Howard Brown laid hands on me that night, um uh, the next morning they made me a team leader and uh I didn't realize that I was still drunk in the spirit. And uh when we was going out to the ghetto to the uh projects in Fort Worth where I used to go prior to being a Christian, where God was taking me back out there. He took me out there on Wednesday with Christopher and Tracy on the 16th with this guy that was a Microsoft software guy. And he was about as straight laced as he could be. Um, He parked in a space that I've been in in my Mercedes before, going out there buying drugs. And I told him and Tracy, that's where... I found that 95-year-old woman, that black lady that had oxygen hoses in her nose, and I went looking for Christopher to pray for her, and Christopher kept telling me, you know, he he looked at me cookie and said, bro, you got the same Holy Ghost I got. I said, yeah, I'm, I know, but you need to come pray for her. He kept laughing at me. It made me mad, you know. But I ran up there, and I told that woman, I don't know if I really lied to her, but I told her, I said, you know, I said, my buddy's busy. But he told me I got the same Holy Ghost you got that he has. <laughs> She's like, Hallelujah, baby. You know what I mean? I didn't know what you gonna tell you. And when I, I remember when I started praying for her, I, when I touched her on her heart, she started crying. But anyway, uh, getting back to the uh, story, I kept having to do U-turns because where we was going, I was still drunk in the spirit, and I had four cars following me. And everyone kept looking at me when I made a U-turn. I passed by everybody. They all, they all had their hands in the air. I, I did it like three or four times. Finally, I pulled over and I told the girl, Sherry, that I was with, or Shauna or whatever her name was, um, that I said, I can't drive. She says, what do you mean? I said, I'm drunk. And they looked at me and they said, do you drink? <laughs> I said, no. I said, Ronnie laid hands on me last night and, I was slain in the spirit. I said, I, you know, I, 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 I can't drive. So we went out, and I remember I went from smoking cigarettes to cigars. And I remember I was in there out in the projects leading these men and women and all of the Lord. And I went and hid. I went and hid around this building from everybody. And I was, I told y'all go to the late man, Lord, I'm going to go over here because I want to smoke my cigar. And I remember I was leading this black guy on the corner in this corner uh, project apartment to the Lord. And I said, look, man, I said, you don't care if I smoke this cigar, do you? I said, you know, <laughs> bro, I felt so guilty. I had conviction on me like you couldn't believe. And that guy, like, you know, he didn't care, you know. He he wanted my cigar to roll a blunt with it, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. <laughs> but I ended up leading him to the Lord. Well, what happened when Rodney Howard Brown laid hands on me is after that, I looked like a trash truck going down the highway with my bins open. I had trash falling off of me like you wouldn't believe. Because you got to understand that the walking the life that I walked, you know, I, I was full of, you know, horrible sin. 
And, you know, when the Holy Ghost ministers to you, I can just tell you this, you know, and I have crosses that I'm still bearing. But he'll just make it where you don't enjoy it. Amen. And then when you tell everybody, you know, uh, that you're going to quit, and one of the main reasons that, that, that got me out of smoking that helped me was is when I saw what God was doing with my hands. When I laid hands on this one black girl that same day there, I led her to the Lord. She walked out of the apartment. Her name here, and I got her testimony here, was Deborah. She walked out of the apartment, and I asked her if anyone ever told her that God loved her and had a great plan for her life. And she said no. And I said, would you like to fix that right now? She said, yeah. So we prayed for her and led her to the Lord. And uh, uh, when we got done, I was reading on the top of my little script here. It said, I tell her, I said, well, I said, it says right here that Jesus saves and you're saved. I said, it also says that Jesus heals. Do you need any prayer? And um, she said, yeah. She showed me her back and she had all these staples in it. Um, now, this right here was on 719. This is on uh, Saturday. Uh, her name was Dorothea Benjamin. Um, what happened was, after I laid my hand on her back when she had all these staples from a surgery, my arm felt like I had hot wax poured on it. And she started crying. Uh, and then she turned around and she showed me her hand. And her hand was huge. Um... She had got a staph infection. She didn't know what was wrong, but her hand was so big, it looked like a, her her hand was as puffy as my forearm. And I remember laying my hand, and I just put one hand under her hand and one on top of her hand, and I started praying. I said, in the name of Jesus, like Mike Simons does. And when I did that, two of the girls that were with me, there was four of us there, three girls and me, um, Two of them were baptized in the Holy Ghost. She started praying in tongues, and I heard that. And I thought, what in the world? But I didn't want to open up my eyes. And when I said in the name of Jesus, all the air just went out of that girl's hand. I could feel the bones on the top of her hand. And I didn't know what happened. Um, I kept praying, and finally I, I, I quit praying and said amen. And I remember looking pulling my hands off of her hands. I had her hands sandwiched. And... She started hollering, and she pulled her ring off her finger. She couldn't believe she could pull the ring off her finger. And she just started running, man, through the projects. Um, and I knew then that something in my countenance, something in my vessel here, something was ignited. Uh, I believe it was happening before because we laid hands on my mama's cat and got healed. But um, from then on, I knew that God was doing something in my life that was, you know, pretty awesome. Um, and so 
I forget why I was telling you that. But, uh, yeah, at the Rodney Howard Brownlee, at the Rodney Howard Brownlee hands on me, um, on Sunday, the 20th, at 6.15 p.m., me and my wife were driving, going north on 35 from south side of Fort Worth to the north side where Calvary Cathedral is at Bob Nichols Church. And I remember before we went under I-30, I lit up my um, black and mild wine cigar and I didn't want to smoke it. And I threw it out. I threw a whole cigar out, okay? Um, and uh, that was seven months into my walk. You know, seven represents completion. Um, so, you know, I've got to where, you know, I like smoking cigars, you know. Um, I don't do it full time. But I enjoy a cigar every now and then. I'm telling my promise keepers about it. And um, uh, they were telling me that, you know, one of the, you know, I live in a Lutheran town, so they make their own brew, you know. Um, and they were saying, you know, hey, look, you know, you know, if you want to smoke a cigar every now and then, smoke a cigar. You're not going to go to hell, you know. Um, and so we was talking about smoking cigars up there. And because I was talking about that, about sin, and the assembly of God, you know, they're real hardcore. No drinking, no smoking, no hookers, you know, you know, no looking at women, you know. I mean, they're there's I mean, they're very legalistic. I don't want to say legalistic. They're just they're just hardcore. Um and uh so um the next week, one of the gentlemen came up there, and he was preaching about when they were talking about in the Bible about eating meat in front in front of one another. You know, would you drink beer in front of one of your friends if you knew if you drank a beer in front of him and make him fall? You know, talking about me. You know, knowing that you know if it was drugs or cigars. You know, if you knew Paul and you knew that you know cigarettes or cigars was his weakness. Would it be right for you to smoke a cigar in front of him? You know, and I tell him, well, it wouldn't offend me. I, you know, if you want to smoke a cigar or whatever, you know, I got people smoke around me all the time and it don't offend me. Um, and I asked him, I said, well, I said, you still love me if I smoke cigars, right? They said, sure. <laughs> yeah. I said, what about if I was a homosexual? <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> you know, hey, sin, sin, right? You're right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. We would love you. You bet we would love you. I, I said, are you sure? Would it be the same brotherly love? Would you really come up, you know, every, every morning when we all gather up there, you know, we all hug one another. I said, would you hug me still if you thought I was a homosexual? And they all got quiet. You know what I mean? Because I got a friend that's gay. He's a great guy. And, and I believe this, that if I'm a believer and you're gay, if I hang around with you long enough, I believe that the Bible says that he that is in me is greater than he is in the world. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so if I 
right now, whether long enough, God's going to win the battle because he won it 2,000 years ago. You know, would I go home? Would I go camping with them and sleep in the tent? You know, I may. But I guarantee you, you know, there would be a there would be a division in there. You know what I mean? There wouldn't be nobody. We wouldn't be patting on each other. But <laughs> easy. <laughs> you know, I, you know, wake up in the middle of the night, somebody patting on me in my camping tent. You know, um, you know, I got to put a combing lantern between us. But you know, talking about sin, um, when you give it to God. As Christopher tells me, um, you know, God will take care of it. Are you going to backslide? What, what happened with me with cigarettes is, is, is I was going through both of my Mercedes and everything, getting all of my, uh, I was smoking every one of my butts, my snaps, you know, until I was out of snaps. And then as soon as I got through doing that, you know, you know we used to restore those Mercedes. As soon as I gave up smoking, guess what God did? What? He had Derek give us that new Honda element. Wow. Because we was talking about getting a new vehicle, but, you know, you can't get a new vehicle and smoke in it. That's right. So, um, anyway, um, you're smoking. You know, uh, you just pray that God give you a just give you a makeover on your taste buds. You know, uh, give it to God, and God will make it to where. If you are a man of God, which you are, and you tell your family, "I'm not smoking," you know. And you leave the house and you come home, they're going to, what happens is this, Sean, is you're going to see how your clothes smell and you're going to see how everything smells from smoking cigarettes and you're not going to like it no more. Yeah, it's and funny then when you to my wife. Huh? Well, my, my wife, Rebecca, she used to smoke and then she just quit one day. And um, we had all, because we have like four kids and, she always told me I wasn't allowed to quit smoking when she was because if she was smoking and if we were both like actually like all stressed out and something happened, she didn't want us both to be quit smoking at the quit smoking at the same time. So, um, but anyway, so I yeah I promised her I'd quit um, for good, and you know I, I've been talking to the Lord about it for a very long time, and but you know the funny thing about it is is it wasn't, a, it's not about the smoking. I mean, it is. It is about the smoking, and I'll tell you why. Because a long time ago, um, for those of you who listen to the show, we're having a really weird um, broadcast tonight, but oh well. Um, so um, the Lord, um, because I, I, I don't really have much free time during the day. I mean, sometimes I'm up at, usually up around 5 o'clock. I don't sometimes go to bed until like 1 a.m., and, um, especially the nights we do the broadcast. And so I don't really have a lot of, like, free time in the middle. It's always either work and then family and then broadcast. And um, so sometimes when I don't, I mean, when I don't have a lot of free time to spend with the Lord, which there's been times, and, and I'm going to take a break here real fast. Um, I'm getting sidetracked, Paul. So, which I, I'm hoping it's the Holy Spirit and it's a good thing. Um, 
It is a long time ago. Um, a long time ago. Um, it wouldn't be that long ago. I think before I met my before I met my wife and got married. Um, when I was single, I had my own apartment and um, I spent pretty much every free moment I had um, with the Lord. Um, hours upon hours upon hours upon hours, I'd spend just worshiping the Lord Jesus. Um, because I didn't really like going out. I didn't like going out partying or anything. I mean, I would still go out with friends off and on, and I'd have roommates. And um, But most of my free time when I was, al- I, was, I was at home alone, I'd spend with the Lord. And it, w- it was amazing having that season of time because I hadn't had that season since I was a, a young kid um, right out of high school where I had the same amount of time. And then I got into working and stuff and went to the Army, and I lost that time. And then... Um, you have to be very um, sensitive to the Holy Spirit, and you have to very, be very careful to observe this, this, the seasons that you're in in your life. Um, and so, because I used to always tell the Lord, I missed that time I had back then, and then I had that period of time where for like um, six months to a year where it was just me and the Lord, like nonstop every day. Um, and so I don't have that right now because I'm married and I have four kids. And... Um, Anyway, long story short is is that so sometimes when I don't I don't have a lot of free time nowadays, um, when the Lord wants to get a point across to me because I may not have a whole hour in a day where I can spend with Him, and um, He'll start talking to me whenever He can if I'm willing to listen, um, and I I've learned that the Lord doesn't ever miss an opportunity to talk to us, and it's just a matter of us being willing to listen to Him, and so I've found myself washing dishes and I've literally I'll be washing dishes and the Lord will show up and start talking to me and I'll start worshiping the Lord while I'm washing dishes or I'll be like cleaning the house and the Lord will start talking to me and a lot of times what happens more often than not is I will be driving in my car and usually when I'm driving in my car I'm always listening to the radio and um, sometimes it's worship music and you know sometimes I'll be worshiping the Lord and my car listening to whatever worship CD's on and the Lord will actually tell me to turn off the radio. Um and I'll be like, "Okay." And I'll turn off the radio and we'll just talk for a little bit. And um so a lot of times he'll talk to me when I'm in my car and one time I was um driving along and this is all in reference to smoking and all of a sudden, out of the blue, I heard him say, why, do you, why are you letting the enemy steal your voice? <clears throat> I mean, that was the whole sentence. Usually when the Lord says something, he doesn't have to give you a long paragraph. He can just say a couple words and get the point across. And he pretty much said, why are you letting the enemy steal your voice? And I didn't understood what, understand what that meant for a long time. Um, and, you know, you know, the Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And it says the um, enemy comes to still. Jesus said the enemy comes to still kill and destroy. But I've come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. And so I've been um, trusting the Lord for me to quit smoking for a, a few years now. Um, and so I guess this Tuesday will fill it. Will be the last day. Um, well, I'm going to quit before then and just trust the Lord for it. But. Um, I guess the long story short is, you know, sin, we all sin. Every one of us sins, like you said. You were talking about um, smoking cigars versus homosexuality, and we 
talked about it a little bit the other night, I think. Um, and, you know, for all of you out there, it doesn't really matter. Um, some of the most anointed men and women of God have still have sin in their life. Um, a lot – it's you'll never find someone who doesn't have some sin they're still dealing with. Um, Amen. The Bible says that if anyone – it says in First John, it says – if anyone says he has no sin, he's a liar. And But then it also says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, meaning Jesus. And, you know, sin is an interesting topic um, because there's all different types of beliefs about as far as what is sin and what's not sin. Um Pretty much, I believe whatever the Bible says is sin is sin, and I, I'm going to leave it at that and let you, for all you listeners out there, you know what goes, read those scriptures, find out what the Bible says about whatever it is. Um, but I do know that we've been given the Holy Spirit, and our job is to, not our job, um, I guess it's not the right words to use, um, but maybe it is, is that it's it's our responsibility to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, sometimes, like Paul said, I mean, Paul can smoke a cigar every now and then, and it doesn't really affect his walk with the Lord. I think the ultimate judge of what it is and is not sin, because um, the Bible says anything that is not a faith of sin is sin. I think the ultimate judge of what is or is not sin is dependent on you and the Lord. And um, and outside of what the scripture says, because the scripture lays down a black area and a white area, do this, do this, don't do this, don't do this. And for some things, the Lord doesn't negotiate. Um, adultery is sin. Lying is sin. Stealing is sin. Um, all those things we know are sins. But for some people, the Lord will lay it on your heart to do other things. Like some people, the Lord will say, you know what, I don't want you to listen to any music but Christian music. But he may not say that to other people. And it's all about a relationship with the Lord and what the Lord talks to you about and what the Lord says to you, and you need to be obedient to that. Because the Lord has everybody at different levels, and there's certain things that some people can handle and certain things that other people can't handle. Um, But it's it's a great area, but it's an area that's, Dependent on your relationship with the Lord. I mean, areas like lying and stealing and adultery, there's no room for negotiation. The Bible says it's a sin. It says the same thing about homosexuality, no matter what anybody in the media says. Um, but, you know, one sin isn't greater the other, than the other. They're all the same. Any, I mean, the Bible says that we've all sinned and fallen short the glory of God. We've all missed the mark, which was in the beginning, God said, Be holy, for I am holy. And none of us could do it if we could, if we had any chance of doing it, if there was any possible way that we could have earned our own salvation, if there was any way that we could have possibly ever have presented ourselves as being righteous before him, then there would have been no reason for Jesus to come to the earth and die for our sins. But we couldn't do it. None of us could do it. We still can't do it. We'll never be able to do it. But he could. Because he was the only one born without sin. He was the only one who lived a life without sin. A pure and spotless um, lamb, as it were. 
um, a pure and spotless sacrifice to take our place for to take our place for the judgment that we all deserve. And um, so when it comes to sin, um, everybody sins. You can't point fingers at anybody. I mean, you could say, well, they're a homosexual or they're a liar or whatever, but, you know, what the Lord already knows what they are. But at the same time, the Lord always already knows the sin that you have in your own life. Um, and it wouldn't be hard to find out what it is. You may get rid of one sin, and then the Lord may point you to, you may like, say, okay, well, if you if you gossip a lot, then the Lord may help you, give you deliverance and help you to stop gossiping. And then, well, maybe you have the sin of idolatry or something else or whatever it is. And so we don't ever well, want to point to listen to this, Sean. Yes, sir. Um, when I got saved, when I surrendered to the Lord, you know, I bought hookers and drugs and booze and slinging and all that was sin. But when I got saved, I quit doing all that. So I thought, wow, I don't sin. Let me list, read you a sin list. Abandonment, abduction, abhorrence of holy things, abhorring, judgment, abomination, abortion, abusiveness, accusation, adulterous, lust, Adultery, afflicting others, aggravation, agitation, aiding and abetting sin, alcoholism, anger, animosity, anxiety, apprehension, argumentativeness, arrogance, assaults, astrology, atheism. Now it's going to be backbiting, backsliding, bad attitude, bad language, bearing false witness, big talk. Being a workaholic, being too quick to speak, believing in the lies of the enemy, belittling others, betraying Jesus, bickering, bigotry, bitterness. Uh, you know, I've got three, four pages of sin. Let me tell you something, okay? Um, we all walk in sin. That's uh, right. Now... As me and Apostle Randy Citizen, I call him Apostle Randy Citizen because he's a mighty man of God. Um, we were talking about a man who goes to Kansas City once a month and gets a prostitute down there. And he comes back home to his family and he, he asks God for forgiveness. You know, God, I just prayed it. You know, you'll you'll forgive me. I, God, I'm working on getting cleansed. And he has forgiveness. But his next-door neighbor sits on the phone every day. She goes to church every Sunday, Sunday night, Wednesday, Friday night. You know, she's a, you know, cooks in the church. But every day right. she sits on her phone talking with all the people in the neighborhood, just bashing people's names. Oh, he's an alcoholic. Oh, he sleeps. It's just a, just a gossiping and a gossiping and a gossiping. You know, every day she's amputating somebody's spirit, putting a curse on them. Oh, Betty said. Which sin is worse? 
and the gentleman that goes to Kansas City and may have an adulterous relationship, but he asks God for forgiveness. But the woman next door to him every single day that has nothing better to do at 78 years of age, just does nothing but trashes everybody's name in the town. You know, her sin is continual every day. You know, right. uh, if you really, if, if we if we really believe what the Bible says, and it says that the tongue is life and death, can you imagine the damage that she's doing? That's an abomination to God. Because the reason why is, is though he may go have a adulterous relationship, we are made in the in the image of God. And when you're sitting there murdering somebody with your tongue every day of your life, you know, that, that's that's pretty serious. No, she's not an alcoholic. She don't do drugs. She's not sleeping with the deacon at the church. But she's sitting there murdering somebody every day on the phone. Gossiping. Okay? Right. So, you know, we just have to get a hold of ourselves. We all have a Amen. cross to bear. You know, instead of judging everybody else, keep your eyes on the things that fix them, Jesus. Um, and my wife, is, my wife is a professional at it. Probably one of the best people I've ever seen, regardless of what the enemy, my wife always says, you need to separate their actions from the person. She said, when you hear someone talk like that, my wife says, that right there is time to start praying because they're giving you a reason. They're, they're crying out for help. My wife always looks at the beautiful part about somebody. My wife is dealing with situations in her store right now. And there's a young lady there that her actions are of the devil. But regardless, my wife says, but you know, she says when she speaks, I just pray for her, that God will deliver her. That the demon, I command you, Satan, out. And she looks at it as the enemy, not not the girl. And she prays for her. Um, me, I'm not quite there yet. I tell my wife I live in real time. But my wife says, but you know what? He who blesses me, God will bless. He who curses me, God will curse. And the Bible says that God fights my battles. She says, why would you be anywhere concerned if one angel defeated an army of 185,000, she says, don't you know that I'm surrounded with angels? Don't you know that I have a divine walk, that I walk in the Psalms 91 realm? Don't you know that my emotional makeup is of Jesus because he that is in me is greater than his in the world? She said, I just let it go off my back like a duck, like, like water off a duck's back. And, and I'm going to tell you something. It takes an awesome person to do that um so uh, i'm looking at uh minister grok's message and you know um god's working on me i come on this platform because i'm not a preacher but i can just show people what god's done in my life okay and believe me when when god took me on Okay. He kicked in the overdrive and overtime. Um, but you know what? I can tell you, even with my language, even with my walk, God knows my heart. 
He knows I honor him with the time. He knows I honor him with the seed. He knows that I'm a walking vessel of seed. He knows that I'm out there, and every now and then I may get the Tourette syndrome. You know, he, he, he knows that 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 um, you know uh, I was made from dirt. But you know what? I'm the clay; he's the potter. And if we look at what Philippians one six says, the work that he started in me, okay, um, he's going to finish. You know. Um, I don't come on this platform professing to be anybody but a sinner that God's working on. You know what I mean? And if God, let me tell you something, if anyone deserves to go to hell, I do. And I go to an assembly of God church, and they believe you can lose your faith. There's no guarantee to get to heaven. Amen? So, um, if y'all get there and y'all be looking for a weak country, <laughs> just praise God that I didn't backslide. You know what I mean? Hallelujah! But I can tell you this: you know the Bible says in uh, Matthew seven sixteen that you'll know a man by his fruit. Amen. You know, and you know, I can tell you, you know, huh? Go ahead. Who's that preacher? Uh, who's that preacher on TV? Joyce Myers, and Joyce Myers is like this famous, famous, famous. Um, preacher nowadays. Um, she's an amazing ministry. But, you know, she started out doing Bible studies in her home. And I remember um, she used to sit on her couch during these Bible studies, smoking a cigarette live um, with all her, everybody there. And she'd be like, you know what? The Lord knows I'm a sinner. I'm trusting him for to deliver me. And she'd leave it at that. And, you know, none of us None of us have anything. The Bible says that our righteous acts are like filthy rags. None of us have anything that would make us, um, what's the word? You know what? I'll just not even say that. Um, you know, if it wasn't for the grace of the Lord Jesus, if it wasn't for the blood of the Lamb, we'd all be pretty much screwed. Um, part of my language saying that, but it's true. Um, when it comes down to it, you know, when I first became a Christian, I was I, I didn't really... Back then, I didn't really know that much about what sin was. I got saved when I was really young. I had no idea about anything about the world. I'd never been in the world. And it wasn't until I got into the world that I really, really learned what sin really was. I mean, I knew what some sins were, but I didn't know the about most of them. And it wasn't until probably a couple of years after I got, I got saved that I really understood what it was like to need a Savior. And, you know, every day now, I still find it, um, you know, what un almost unbelievable of the blood of Jesus and the power of the blood and what he really did. Um, there's not a day go by that I don't actually stand in awe of him and what he actually did. And I think a lot of people sometimes don't really um, understand the significance of what he did in delivering us from our sins. And, you know, the Bible says there's none righteous, no, not one. Um, but it also says that the Lord doesn't choose the strong. He doesn't choose the wise. He chooses the weak. He chooses 
the Lord, I mean, he chooses those people who are just willing to put their trust in him. It doesn't matter who they are. It doesn't matter what their lives were like or anything like anything like that. The Lord just wants people who are going to trust him. He wants people who are going to be faithful and people who are going to be willing to be used by the Lord. And, you know, there's no, there's no difference between me and Paul and Chris and anybody who's listening. It's the same Holy Spirit. Like, um, Paul was saying, Chris would say, it's the same Holy Spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. Um, the same anointing. It's not about us. Um, any any person listening could walk up to someone and who needed to be healed and pray for him and believe, like the Bible says, where Jesus said, if whatever things you ask, praying, believing that you have those things, you will have them. Um, anybody who prays, and trust the Lord can see the same things because it's not about us. It's about Jesus. It's always about him. It's always has been about him. It always will be about him. Um, you know, none of us are, um, what was I going to say? Um, or how do I put it better? Um, I guess that's the best way to put it. It's all, it's all about him. It really is. It's all about Jesus and the blood of Jesus, and we all need him, even still. Um, I don't think a day goes by that we don't need him, and there never be a day that goes by that we don't need him. And you were saying? Um, you know what? I, it's like this. People that are alcoholics, if you know anything about vodka and whiskey, it all arrives from sugar. If you take a nine-inch piece of sugar cane, it takes you about three hours to eat it, they say. But it's about a teaspoon of sugar. If you look at a can of Coca-Cola, there's like six tablespoons of sugar in it. If you look at liquor, it's, you know, it's sugar. But if you notice, when people get off of alcohol and they get in the church, if you ever go into a church and you watch an alcoholic that's been recovered, you know, I, they tend to eat a lot of sugar. They go from the alcohol to sugar. And as I tell people all the time, you know, you hear, you hear this all the time, you know, how people, you know, categorize their sin and how they make analogies. Um, uh, well, Jesus turned water into wine, and they're sitting there with a bottle of booze for him. <laughs> you know, I, every time I hear that, I, I laugh. Uh, um, you know, hey, look, the beautiful part about it is, is God. He loved us so much. He has everlasting love. And he knows we are of the flesh. He knows we're of a sinful nature. So he sent his son to the cross. Why? To bear our sins. So, right. um, that's why they talk about us going up from growing from milk to meat to bone. I can never imagine ever making it to the bone, you know, when most of the church as a whole never arrives and departs being on milk. 
It talks about it in Ephesians. Um, so, you know, we all have yeah, a sinful night. Huh? I think what God really wants. I, I think what God really wants is that He wants people who are real. Um, there's too many. There's too much fake, or I guess it's not the proper English. Um, there's too many people who are out there who are faking it, who aren't really real and aren't really um, honest about their own lives. Um, I remember one of my friends a long time ago said that the Christians he respected the most, because um, you know, like a lot of times you'll ask people, you'll walk around your jobs or whatever, and be like, "How's your day going?" And everybody's like, everybody always wants to say, "Everything's great, everything's wonderful." And it's rare to find someone say, you know what, this is the most horrible day of my life, blah, blah, blah. And my friend said, you know, what he respects the most is people who are willing to be honest about their lives and be honest about who they are and be honest about what God's really doing in their lives. And, you know, I talk with Chris quite often um, every day, sometimes usually multiple times a day. And, you know, one thing about us is we're always completely honest for the most part about what's going on in our lives because, you know what, that's what our relationship with God are real. And, you know, we're all real people. Um, and God works in all of us. And, you know, if we didn't have anything wrong with us, then there wouldn't be any areas for God to really work in. And it's amazing to sit back and see how God can transform people. Um, you talked about how... Um, not having a desire to smoke anymore. It's amazing to see when you look back at your life after spending um, however long it's been with the Lord, to see all the ways that he's changed you, all the ways he's shaped your heart. And um, you don't even have to really try. You just have to love Jesus. You just have to um, trust him and let him do the rest. Um, because it's his job. It's um, it's our job to be obedient. It's our job to trust him, and it's his job to do everything else. It's not our job to fix anybody. It's his. Um, it's our job to be obedient to what he said, which is to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, and it's his job to do everything else. Um, it's our job to pray. It's his job to move. Um, and it, it comes down to that. Um, so... Um, you know, talking about smoking, Sean? Yes, sir. Um, Paul said, the things I used to do, I know. Right. How's it go? Um, but, you know, I would have to say that most likely, there's a lot of things that I used to do. Don't get me wrong. Um, I look back. And, um, okay, um, you know, um, you may always enjoy, you may, you know, you may quit smoking, but most likely there's going to be a part in you that always is going to miss it. You know, I've got a lot of junk in my past that I don't do no more. But now, you know, the enemy's always going to park something on us. And to me, now it's eating, you know. Um, <laughs> you know, when I left Dallas, I weighed 192. Now I weigh 225, you know. Um, really? Yeah. 
Um, and, uh, you know, I'm not fat or nothing. I'm just, I'm very stocky. And, um, um, you know, Christopher, he's dropped from 195 all the way down to uh, 160, you know. And uh, so, you know, I was, you know, I've been praying to God, you know, to, to just restore me. Give me a new makeover, you know, because, you know, um, uh, the church is full of obesity. And you have people in the church that want to sit there and drug, uh, judge somebody that comes in the church seeking God that has earrings and tattoos and drugs and, you know, all the junk on them. But you got somebody sitting in church that weighs 395 pounds pointing the finger at them. Well, it's no better than them to be pointing the finger at them because, you know, because we are made in a Christ-like image. You know, the Bible says that if you destroy the temple, God will destroy you. You know, so talking about smoking, the reason why we shouldn't smoke is because the Holy Ghost dwells in us. And when you smoke, you're, when you smoke, and when I smoke, or when I drink, or when I cuss, or, or whatever it may be, if I overeat, you know, I'm destroying the temple. You know, and the church is full of judgment, casting judgment on somebody based on their selective sin. So, we just all got to see God's face every day. You know, we got we got to come out of the flesh, and we got to pray every day that God will give us an emotional makeover and pour out His grace and mercy on our life, and seek ye first the kingdom of God and all His righteousness, and give it to God. Just like you know, He He takes care of the birds, He takes care of the lilies in the field, He takes care of the grass. So, you know. Um, I mean, there there are preachers here. I, we got pastors in town that drink. You know, are they abusive with it? No. You know, they drink their wine. They drink their beer. Um, so, um, you know, I'm just glad that uh, God poured out His grace and mercy on me before anything happened to me um, regarding drugs and guns and alcohol. Because uh, I can see here, and I can tell you a couple of dozen times the devil tried to get me. So, you know, I just, I come on here, you know, there are people out there, I have talked to some people from the platform that have got drugs in their background and alcohol and, you know, uh, biker outfits, you know, have hanged around with, you know, with, you know, having fun, you know. And God has called them out of darkness. You know, and uh, if there's anyone out there, um, I don't want to judge nobody because I know that that with God all things are possible, and that's what the Bible in the Bible, First Corinthians thirteen, is about love. Period. So, um, you know what I mean. So I'll, I'll give it to you. Do you? Do we got anybody that needs prayer? Um, not th not that's called in, or nobody in the chat room. If there's someone in the chat room right now who needs prayer, give us um, let us know real fast. Um, we only have about 11 minutes left in the broadcast. 
Um, so whatever prayer needs you have, um, let us know. Um, Thanks, John. Why don't you pray for uh, Why don't you pray for Minister Gok Grok? You haven't had a chance to um, um, uh, You haven't been able to pray for him. He's in the vineyard right now, um, pressing grapes. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay. <laughs> Minister Grok. Oh, you know, I, I like, I used to like wine too. Um, okay. <laughs> Father God. Ooh. Lord God, oh, Mr. Minister God, Father, touch him right now in the name of Jesus. Father, fill him with your Holy Spirit. Fill him with your fire in the name of Jesus, Father. We ask for, Father, we ask for a prophetic ministry upon his life, Lord, that he would start clearly hearing your voice, Father. Give him a spirit of discernment, Father, to discern your voice, Father. Father, for the gift of wisdom, Father, for the, the gift of knowledge, Lord. Lord, open his spiritual ears in the name of Jesus Christ, Father, to completely and totally hear your voice, Father. Lord, we ask for visitations, Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, every need he has, Father, meet, Lord, according to your riches, to the riches of your grace, Father, to the riches of your mercy, Lord. Father, your word declares a man will plan his ways, but the Lord directs his steps. And you said the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord, Father. Father, so we command every mountain gone in the name of Jesus, Father, that you would make the path in front of him smooth, Father. We pray for provisions, Father, and financial, financial provisions in the name of Jesus, Lord. Father, from the north, the south, and the east, and the west, Lord, that you would cause a blessing in his life, Father. Father, set up divine connections, Father, divine appointments, Lord. Lord, increase the borders of his tents, Lord. Increase the borders of his hearts, Father. Increase his expectations, Father. For your word declares that you can do that you can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think, Father. You said, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those that love him. Father, so we pray, Holy Spirit, Lord, that you would anoint him, Father, put a mantle of intercession upon him in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Put the prophetic mantle on him in the name of Jesus, Lord. Holy Spirit, pour out in his life all of the gifts, Father, that you have determined for him to have, Lord. Father, increase his ability to hear you, Father. Increase his ability to hear you, Father. Draw him into your secret place, Lord. Draw him into your secret place, Lord. Take him to a higher level in your Amen. spirit, Father. <laughs> Take him to a higher level, Father, in his relationship with you, Father. So when he comes into your presence, Lord, that he can clearly hear your voice, mm -hmm. Father. As your word declares in Joel, Father, give him dreams, Lord. Give him visions, Father. Speak to him in the day and speak to him in the night. Make him ever present, ever aware of your presence in his life, Father. Father, transform his walk with you, Father. 
transform his walk with you, Lord, that he's always aware of your presence in his life, Father, that he would carry about the presence of the Lord Jesus, Father. Your word declares that we carry around the aroma of the resurrected Lord, of the Lord Jesus, Father. Father, touch his hands, Father. Anoint his hands, Lord. Anoint his hands, Lord. Anoint his ears, Father. Anoint his mouth, Lord. Anoint his tongue, Father, to proclaim the gospel of the Lord Jesus, Father. Anoint his tongue, Father. Anoint his hands for battle in the name of Jesus, Father. Father, we pray a hedge of protection around him in the name of Jesus. We pray a hedge of protection around his family in the name of Jesus. Father, a hedge of protection around his ministry in the name of Jesus, Father. Father, that you would rebuke the enemy for his sake, Father. Lord, we pray that you would provide provision for him to be a blessing to others, Father. Give seed to the sower, Lord. Father, we ask for an increase in his life, Father, an increase, Father, in all areas, Father, an increase in his discernment, an increase in his hearing, Father, an increase in the anointing, Father, and an increase in the anointing on him in the name of Jesus, Father. Amen. Um, uh, uh, yeah, I was going to say... For all you guys that are listening, um, thank you everybody for coming out here. Um, I hope everybody understands that though we may be lifting up everybody's needs in prayer, um, you know, we put on our boots just like y'all do. Um, we all have crosses to bear, and, you know, if anything, What's beautiful is me and Chris and Sean, and we can all share our testimonies with y'all so y'all can see that that may have a little bit of doubt in your spirit that truly with God all things are possible. Everything is possible. Amen. You know what I mean? Amen to that. I wish Amen. we had actually I wish we had another hour or two of the broadcast that we could actually do. Unfortunately <laughs> we can only afford like the two hours. So we're gonna trust the Lord for for a much bigger um, time frame, um, I mean, we want to go 24 hours. I mean, we're trusting the Lord for it to go 24 hours, night and day. Um, and, you know, we only have a few minutes left, but, it, you know, like Paul said, it's true. I mean, we're all just normal people who the Lord's um, the Lord's touched all of our lives, and he's touched all of our hearts, and it's not because of us, it's because of him. And it's no difference between us or any of you out there. Um, anybody who the Bible says that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I know there's some of you listening out there who, you know, you've never trusted the Lord. Um, you've never given him your life. You've never given him your heart, but today's the day. Tonight's the time, um, to just trust him. I mean, we're not going to be, we're not going to give you some, Super spiritual message It's really all about Jesus If you would just trust him um, To give him a shot tonight um, Because the Lord will meet you The Lord will prove himself to you If you're willing to give him a shot um, So Paul In our last like four minutes Do you want to say a lead? Whoever is out there listening Who's not saved Do you want to lead him in a prayer real fast Sure well, Heavenly Father, we come to you 
Lord God, we give you all the glory for the platform, Heavenly Father. For those that are listening, and for whatever reason, you have doubt in your walk. You have doubt that there's any doubt whatsoever that you may not be able to see the kingdom of God. Heavenly Father, we just pray that everyone understands that by the blood of Jesus, we all have a blood-bought right to enter the kingdom of God. According to John 3, 3, we must be born again in order to see the kingdom. Heavenly Father, we just pray that if there's anybody out there that has any doubt, that they would just pray this simple prayer after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I confess my sins. I believe that Jesus is my Lord and Savior. I believe that he died and resurrected on the third day. And I ask you, sweet, precious Holy Spirit, Jesus, to come dwell in my heart. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Amen. For those Amen. of you listening, thank you for your time. Uh, I want to pray that God just wrap a Psalms 91 prayer over Minister Grock and all of his knees, that he will give him a new makeover as he leaves, heading toward Jerusalem County there in North Carolina. We pray, Heavenly Father, that you will give Sherry and her family a new makeover. We pray, Heavenly Father, that you will give Ophelia a new makeover in the name of Jesus. And, Heavenly Father, we pray over Christopher and Tracy, Lord God. We pray over Sean and his knees. We know, Heavenly Father, with you all things are possible concerning the cigarettes. And, Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the platform, and we give you all the glory in the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Sorry, I was typing a message. Um, yeah, so um, for all of you out there who are listening, um, especially of those um, who listen um, a lot, um, email us at prayerinternational at gmail.com um, and just let us know about who you are. Um, let us know about your life, about your ministry. Let us know your prayer needs. Um, we would love to have a list of um, all of you because we know there's um, quite a bit of quite a number of people out there who listen to our show on a regular basis. Um, but as always, we'll be back here tomorrow at 10 p.m. Um, once again, our call-in number is 619-638-8458. Our, num- our email, prayerinternational at gmail.com, and you can prayerinternational, all one word, at gmail.com. You can always go to our website, which is prayerinternational.com. Um, Dot .org and um you can actually contact us from there too. And so we will see all of you tomorrow night. I don't know if the show went off the air or not.
and all who were thirsty and all who
Cheers. 
to the deep. I hear the Father calling us to come into the deep. There's birthing. He's birthing identity in you. He's birthing you into a new place. Come into the deep. Deeper. 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 Go deeper with him. Deeper.
revelation in the depths of his heart. deeper into the pure flow of his love, the pure 